continuing to look at the conduct of Christians in the family, verses 1 to 7 of 1 Peter 3, and now in the fellowship. We started that last time, two weeks ago. <clears throat> the conduct of Christians in the fellowship, we are to be submissive in our ways, and we looked at verse 8 with all the descriptive words there. We to be compatible, be of one mind. We're to be compassionate, sympathetic. We are to be caring, love as brethren. We are to be comforting, be pitiful. And we are to be courteous. In That's the word that's used there in verse 8. And we are to be conciliatory. And um, <clears throat> we talked about difficult times that they were coming just around the corner for them in Peter's day and in our day, the writing's on the wall, isn't it? <laughs> of difficult days coming, more, more difficult days than what we already have. And so be prepared, be conciliatory as we have it in the last part of verse 9, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that you're called to this. This is our business as Christians, that ye should inherit a blessing. <clears throat> and we looked at that. We looked at the way people operate on the satanic level, render evil for good. Some of our governments are doing that today. You do right and you'll be punished for it if you speak the truth of God's word. Many have gone through that for, for decades in other countries. There's a human level, good for good, and that's spoken about in Luke 6. You know, what is it? it, it in the Beatitudes there, what is it if you um, do as other humans do? They, you, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You do this, I'll do that for you. And that's, yeah, that's good for good. But the divine level in being conciliatory and helping is good for evil. And that's the tough one, isn't it? <laughs> back in sec verse 20 of the last chapter, Second Peter 2, For what glory is, is it if when you are buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. That's the high calling of the Christian. That's the hard calling of the Christian. So <clears throat> we're to be submissive in our ways. This is the conduct of the, the first point, the conduct of the Christian and those descriptive words there, about six of them. And then we're to be sanctified tonight in our words, verse 10, for that he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Doesn't mean you won't get harmed. It means eternally, you know, they can take away your life, but they can't take away your eternal life. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word. And may we take it to heart tonight and live these things that are written about in Peter and these people under strong persecution, lost their jobs, lost their families, lost their income lost their homes, habitation, had to move out. And Lord, they're in flaff, fun places of the world where 
they don't know all all the things that were going on. We pray that if this sort of thing comes to us, we'd be very much taking heed to these words. And it's not said that we might not. For some in this world who are Christians, many are going through that. Be with them tonight. Strengthen them during the day, Lord, and that may they have their needs met. We ask and pray your blessing on our study tonight. In, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Sanctified in our words. We must decide deliberately to love life, first of all. He that will love life and see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. It's an act of the will, an attitude of faith. The opposite of the pessimistic person. <clears throat> in Ecclesiastic, it speaks of that pessimistic person in chapter 2, verse 17 through to 19. It reads, Therefore, I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labour which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it unto a man that is after me, and who knoweth whether he will be a wise or a man or a fool. And so this is the opposite. He that loveth life. That one in Proverbs is speaking about the opposite. I hated it. I just hate it. That's what he said. <clears throat> you can think of Solomon and all the things that he had accrued, all the things that he had built. Well, all the people before him had built, but he planned. He said, I'm going to die. And who's going to, what are they going to do with all this? And he was right too, Rehoboam and Jeroboam. They really messed it all up. And uh, they, they lived on his coattails, as we could say. But really, Solomon lived on the, the battles won by David, his, his father. David accrued it all. Solomon spent it all. <laughs> and, uh, and then, so, then um, <clears throat> Solomon's sons wrecked it, wrecked it all, especially the one that took the ten northern tribes, Jeroboam that took the ten northern tribes. So, yep, <clears throat> these things happen, but we are to have an move our will, an act of our will, an attitude of faith, and not be pessimistic, but to love life. We can endure life. Do you know somebody that's just enduring life? Or we can escape life. Who, who, what sort of people are trying to escape life? You know, there are a lot of them around today. Yep, that's it. The drug addicts, you know, escape reality, escape responsibility, um, things of, of that nature you know, through booze and drugs and stimulants of all sorts. Uh, burying our heads like the ost proverbial ostrich in the sand, uh, running, from the <laughs> running from the battle. So we can endure it and just putting up with it. And uh, they're usually grumpy and downcast and long-lipped. That's <laughs> their life. We can escape it, and they're usually zoned out. Or we can enjoy it. <laughs> now, you think of it. As a Christian, what have we got? What have we got to look forward to? Everything. The best is in the future. Everything. We've got to look to wonderful things that God has planned for those that love him. And so, even in the rough times of life, we ought to be able to say, I enjoy it. More problems, more glory. That's, what it, that's the Bible. That's what it says. More hard times, more pressures, 
more persecutions, more rewards. More rewards to cast at the Lord's feet and give him more glory. So, you think of it. Be sanctified in our words and make deliberate decisions in our life to enjoy life. What does it say in uh, is it Ephesians? Singing and making a melody in your hearts unto the Lord. Now, in these downcast days and the year we've been through and who knows what's in the future, we must determine to do that. We must, secondly, determine to control those words. This is where we come to it. Second part of verse 10. And see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. <clears throat> what book would you go to to say, I need to refrain my tongue from evil? Give him a practical ex- James. <laughs> Just back into the book. Yep, James chapter 3. The, the one before we were at. In verse 2, many things we all, we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. It's amazing that if we can control our words, we can control the life. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths. <laughs> you, you get a horse that's got a hard mouth. Mr. Dunn might know about these. <laughs> Everyone he ever wrote. <laughs> Stubborn, weren't they? <laughs> it's like a tractor with an ungreased steering, isn't it? Or an old old grey Fergie. We we talked about the old grey Fergie with Brother Dunn. I took a boat and got a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and if you fall off a motorbike, it's your own silly fault. Or a wombat who <laughs> dug a hole where he shouldn't have. But if you fall off a horse you can blame the horse but bits in your mouth you know and they've got a hard mouth they, they they won't you can pull it all you want but they they need a soft mouth and they turn whithersoever you want them to and uh, <clears throat> so we put put it's like that as it's talking about our speech be able to bridle behold bits in bits in the horse's mouth turned about they may obey us we turn about their whole body Behold also the ship which though they are great. And so it's speaking there of the tongue and it goes on right through that chapter and talks about our speech. Now verse 10 that we have here in First Peter chapter 3 is a quotation from an Old Testament portion of scripture which is Psalm 34. Let's just go back there and see it in its context. Psalm 34 verse 12 to 16. David speaking. And we'll give you the context of it after we've read it. Verse 12. What man is he who desireth life and love many days? It's what we're just reading there in Peter. That he may see good. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry not only their prayer but their cry which is a prayer (laughs) the face of the Lord is against those that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth this is where David is seeking asylum in Gath from Saul Um, these Gathites are people 
whose champion David had killed. I don't know what David was thinking when he went there. And he took the sword that he'd gotten in that battle, one in the battle, Goliath's sword. And here he comes walking into Gath with <laughs> Goliath's sword on. <laughs> and, ha, huh, you, what are you doing here? So what did David do to get out of there alive? Save his skin. <laughs> when he realised where he was and what he did, what he jumped into, like out of the frying pan into the fire, he pretended he was mad. It's in First Samuel 21. And he got kicked out and fled to the caves of Adullam. And this is where he wrote Psalm 34. Now, <clears throat> now you think of him gargling and drooling in his beard, as he said in, in, there in Samuel 21. And the, what he was saying didn't make sense, but then he's, then he's offering this prayer and this advice to us here. Now, yeah, he was under hard times. He was, he was driven, as it were, mad even almost to go down there and do what he did to get away from Saul. <clears throat> but he said he ought to love life, even with the circumstances as they were in his life. Now, you haven't been chased around by the king, endeavouring to murder you. We haven't, that hasn't happened to us, but it happened to him. And so he's, he's saying, let's rejoice in the Lord <laughs> and see good days. He's looking for the good days. In verse 12, keep his tongue from evil and the lips that they speak no guile. Oh, he'd learnt some lessons there. <clears throat> when he'd recognised his great folly of going to Gath, feigning madness, he remembered he had lived, sorry, he had lied to Ahimelech and doing so to that priest, he and 85 other priests were killed by Saul. He said, uh, wrong words, shouldn't have said it, I said the wrong thing. And you can get yourself and many others into trouble if you start putting your foot in it with your words. Um, words are like... Water when it's spilt out, it just it runs downhill. You can't get it back, back into the the lake or the dam. <clears throat> Keep your tongue from evil. Depart from it. Do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord, the sovereign God of your universe, is upon those that do well. And so, <clears throat> there's another man that was a leader in the early church, who always putting his foot in his mouth. Who was that? Peter? <laughs> yep. Yes, foot and mouth disease, I said. <laughs> but good old Peter, leader of the d apostles. He, he, he got it right as he grew older and got better at doing, living the Christian life. There in John 18, he lied about knowing Christ. He was saying things he shouldn't have said. His mouth made his life to sin. And there Peter said in verse 10 of chapter 3 refrain his tongue from evil that is evil and the word and I remember this from a brother-in-law because he spoke Greek because he was Macedonian but he, he and the word kakos he would he had the, he had the babies there and he go kakos and I knew what he meant after a while <laughs> smelt bad 
<laughs> babies and nappy needed changing. That's what he was saying, but he was saying it in another language. So it didn't, I don't know, make the kid look bad. But kakos, evil, and that is what it says here. Guile in this verse is doulos. Um, <clears throat> a snare and deceit. It sounds like um, the ser- servant, <laughs> servant of that guile. So, we must now, in verse 11 to 13, be saintly in our walk. Be saintly in our walk. Not only sanctified in our words, but saintly in our walk. And have the right actions, first of all. That's a positive and negative. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So, eschew, eschew. What's that? What's that mean? Sorry? Mm-hmm. To just... Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I did, yep. Yep. To avoid, skew. Yep, and to hate intently, to avoid something because you despise it and loathe it. And both, the, both those um, definitions are right. You shun sin because you hate it. You won't abuse your body with stimulants because you hate it. And um, that's what you'll have to learn to hate those things that will do damage to you in all the different things of life that we have offered to us and that are cheap to get. Well, they might seem dear, but they're cheap really. Um, Alcohol and drugs, anger, bitterness, hatred, jealousy, all these things, eschew, hate these things which will cause run-ins with the law and stresses and strains, life-shortening diseases, catastrophes, different things that bring this on. And I mentioned the other day, down in, they had the longest and shortest lifespan in Australia in different districts. The shortest lifespan is if you live in Melbourne, in the inner city, and I heard someone got stabbed the other day at 19. I said, that brings the lifespan down a little bit with somebody that... Because of the lifestyle, they live there. That, I, I don't... I can't wait to get out of Melbourne when I'm in Melbourne. And, and you, you get into those big wind tunnels, or just the tall building, and, and uh, I inherited sore feet from walking up and down those, those one end to the other. But I just wanted to get out of there. And, you, and the things... If you know what goes on around there too... <laughs> And those places, isn't it interesting? Concrete jungles. And who lives in the concrete jungles? Who do they vote for down in the Melbourne city centre? They've got a greenie in there. I mean, they've got all the things they've reaped and ripped out of the environment and dumped them there and that's where they live. And then, and then it, it all adds up when you think it through. <laughs> These are the sort of people that live there. They, they vote for those that are anti-God that are anti-Bible, and they're, they're down in there. They eschew, eschew those places. Uh, flee those places. Now, I'm not saying Melbourne, <laughs> you can't live in Melbourne. I mean, the city thing, if you want to. But uh, it's not, not where I'd... I'd rather the, the open and free spaces <laughs> that, that we have in this country. <clears throat> Skew it. Yes, skew it. The positive, seek peace and pursue it. 
It says in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now, some, some people interpret this to be, you know, seek peace and pursue it at all costs. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> no. You don't seek peace by compromise. You don't make peace by compromising truth. That's not what God says. <laughs> but as much as lieth in you, it's Romans twelve eighteen. <laughs> if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. But if there is truth being compromised and truth not being lived, we must name it. It's, it's not right to compromise truth in order to gain a peace. And when we think of it, that's what the world's like. In, in the governments of the world, in, in battles, they compromise to, a, to arrive at peace. And it's not really a peace. Somebody has had to give something up for that to, to occur. <clears throat> and it's not at peace at any price. Romans 14, 9 states, Let us therefore follow after the things that make for peace and the things with which one may edify another. So work hard to achieve peace. It doesn't come automatically. Eschew evil and seek peace. We must be saintly in our walk through the right actions and through the right acknowledgement of verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are opened unto their prayers. (laughs) The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Like Saul, who behaved maliciously and even demonically, consulting the witch. He left the affairs of the kingdom that he should have been running <clears throat> to hunt and kill David, who he knew was the next going to be the next king that God had anointed to be the next king. <clears throat> so he's out there trying to kill David, and in the meantime, he killed those priests we mentioned of earlier. He, he suspected they worked with David. And Saul went and knocked on hell's door when, he had shut, when God had shut heaven's door from him, didn't he? The witch at Endor. And so he is watching everything that goes on. You can't hide anything from God. You're going to give an account for it. <clears throat> sort of been impressed on me the last couple of weeks that the loss of reward in heaven is because of things we don't do what is right as far as we as Christians are concerned. Okay, The loss of reward is because we don't do what we could have done. It's whether, you know, sins of omission, sins of commission, those things that we should have given up, those things that we should have done and didn't do. But those are the things that on that day we will lose rewards for and then we can't give glory to the Lord like we could have if we'd been done the right thing. That's what those rewards will be for, giving glory to the Lord. <clears throat> so he's watching everything we do. And, and this is a quote again from Psalm 34 where we were before. Um, we'll just look back there and go through a few verses further than we did there in verse... 15, we got about to be just there. The eyes, of the, the eyes of the Lord upon the righteous, his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. The, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of the, all their troubles. 
The Lord is nigh unto those who are of a broken heart and saveth such that be of a contrite spirit. That's where God has to get us many times, to break us, to make us. And David was in that position and this is where he was in this cave. At Adullam, there, <clears throat> the broken man, but there seeking the Lord as he should have sought him before. So God provides protection. He's overseeing all affairs. Um, what does it say in Romans eight twenty eight? I keep on asking you to quote that one. All things work together, all things work together. yeah, for good to them that love God. At the time, you and I, no, it's not. This is not good. How can you work this for good? This this can't be. But it, hey, it's happened. It must be in the Lord's purpose for those involved. And yes, He works it for good. And so we see those different things mentioned there in, in our reference. And the right after effects follow in verse 13. So we are to be sanctified in our words, decide deliberately to love life, determined to control our words, and we are to be saintly in our walk. Right actions, right acknowledgement, acknowledge that the Lord is in control, and live so in your life. And the right after effects in verse 13. Who is he that will harm you if he be followers of that which is good? And now if they do harm you physically, they can't harm you spiritually. You know, they can kill the body, they can't kill the soul. And uh, many of those that Peter was talking to have probably been harmed physically. But if you are followers of that which is good, if you follow of that of the Lord himself. So there's some thoughts for tonight.